Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention, along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin. Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. And hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. This is the last show of 2016, and I am so happy that all of my friends are here with me today. Hey, guess what? It's snowing outside. Yeah, baby, it's snowing outside, and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. But you know what? Not everyone is going to have a Merry Christmas uh, this year, and especially uh, those who we're going to talk about today. So you're going to hear a little bit about um, from Shivani and Jess and from uh Vanessa, about some kids around the world who are going to need our help today. So hopefully your ears and your hearts and your pocketbooks are open, and that would be really great. You know, we hear a lot about peace on earth, goodwill toward men at this time of year, but how many of us really mean it? Now is the time to show, our, like I said, our hearts and 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 you know, give of ourselves more than more than we think we can because we can always do a little bit more. So I'm going to take it away. Pathfinder girls, Shivani Singh and Jessica Teal, you're here with me. And you're going to be doing something special. You're taking Christmas to the children of West, uh, West Syria in the refugee camps uh, just off the Lebanese border. Shivani, what Hi, made Frankie. you come up with this? How are you? Great, thank you. What made me come up with this? Um, we're not, I, I feel like, you know, we're failing the children of Syria as mm-hmm. a world. We're definitely failing Syria, but the children, we've got an entire generation now of children who have, you know, who don't have homes, haven't been educated, have never had security. Too many of them have only known war. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've we've kind of grown tired of waiting for people to do something about it. People in power who are just having some sort of morbid struggle over the country. Um, it's it's really quite unacceptable. And we wanted to, we wanted to do what we could on our own. Nice. Jessica, I know you're a mom and it must really hit you hard when you think about those kids and you look at your own child and think, wow, but you know, great, you know, but for the grace of God, go I. Um, I know that you're, you're, you're not going to go with Shivani, but you are definitely supporting Shivani on this trip. And you guys are bringing a videographer. Hi. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Frank, you're, you're totally right. I'll let Shivani get into the documentary part of the, uh, the whole thing, but, um, but yeah, I just see, um, for, to no fault of his own, I see my son and I feel like you know, he's spoiled. He has everything he could ever want. And it, it's, it, it's all, you know, circumstantial obviously. And, um, I wouldn't want it any other way for him, but no, no child decides the situation they're in. And so that's why we want to, we know that we can't, you know, solve this problem by one mission, but we can certainly try and bring a little bit of cheer during the holiday season, and that's why we want to bring not only necessities, uh, food and clothing and everything um, that they absolutely need, um, but we also want to bring a bit of cheer, so some sort of holiday gifts and um, handmade notes, etc. So I'll let Shivani get into those little details. But, yeah, absolutely, I think um, that's the goal is to every child deserves um, happiness. Now, you're over in France still, is that correct? Yes, I am, Yep. Yeah. 
Well, it hasn't okay. snowed here yet. I don't think it'll snow here. So, <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure if you talk to your parents, it's snowing in Canada somewhere because it's snowing here. Um, yes. You know, you both. Neither of you are strangers to humanitarian efforts. That's what your whole business is about: social enterprise. Uh, but Shivani, what what is new and different about this social enterprise? Well, so our social enterprise is basically inspired by a series of um, of really, you know events that that led us to research and understand that that the current systems we have in place the the reliance the over reliance on the charity of people and you know the reliance on big bureaucratic organizations wasn't actually working as effectively as it needed to so Jess and I did a lot of research and work and we sort of collected the best possible ways to um, to engage with local experts who can solve their own problems and, and don't need the charity of people. And, you know, they just need to be enabled with a little education and support. And so that's that's really how we came about. We wanted to we wanted to actually write what didn't work instead of pouring money into a system that that doesn't work. So how, how, how do you think it's going to work out for you going over there with um, a videographer? You, you, you I think you're going to bring some candies and some treats from Canada with you. But you're also going to be buying things once you're there. And I imagine you're right. going to have to be giving out money to all kinds of people uh, who were, you know, just to be allowed to do certain things. Well, so this is this is one of the things we've been trying to explain to a lot of people, particularly the airlines, because right now the markups of flying over there are so huge mm -hmm. that it kind of negates the entire process of going there if we have to spend that kind of money, you know, on an airline ticket. Sure. But that's what we're struggling with. We're trying to convince them to don't. Uh, one ticket, you know, but, mm -hmm. but really what we have to do is work with the local folks. We have to work with the local powers. Um, we have to, in a great, to a great extent, work with Hezbollah to allow us to securely go into the camps because we are going to be on the Syrian border. We're going to be only, you know, kilometers from Homs. And uh, and it is dangerous, and you have to actually coordinate with a lot of people. It isn't as simple as, hey, you know, just let's fly to Syria. It doesn't work like that. And what we're going to do is use most of the money that we get to go to Lebanon, buy supplies, and I'm talking winter supplies, yes, supplies colder. like shoes and jackets, and even like stoves that keep these tents warm yeah. at night so the babies can survive the winter. Um, you know, things like that that we'll have to do in Lebanon, you know, and, and just sort of drive it up to the border. And there about 5,000 children in these camps. Uh, a lot of them, I can't imagine, will make it through the winter with, right. with what they... They're, they're at the edge of the war and they're the most neglected. And we want to do what we can on our end to, you know, to make some sort of small impact for these guys. Well, count me in for whatever... you you know, you need whatever help I can give you both. You know that um, I always stand behind you and, you know, the what's happening over in Syria breaks my heart. It really does. Uh, you know, I cry about it all the time. And, you know, I wish, you know, one person can make a difference and they can make a difference. And I say it all the time that, you know, you at least have to stand up and do something. Um, and I'm really just so grateful that you're going over there and like I and said, thank you. Sorry to sorry, but uh, I just want to say a huge thank you to you, Frankie, because thank you for your support and thank you for we've got a crowdfunding campaign on a fundraising campaign for this. And Frankie was one of the first, I think, within ten minutes of me sending her the info, um, supported us to and donated. Donated. It's it's so it's so nice of you also to have us on this jam packed show with I think two two days notice. Um, I have to just say that also this this mission, um, Shivani and I only really we've been talking about this and how 
how it's a bit different from what we do on a regular basis is um, it's something that's so it's all of our projects are near and dear to our heart. But this we've been talking about for a year and we said, you know what, words are great, but action is really mm-hmm. um, is really what we need to do. And within two weeks, uh, we got this up and running. And uh, I think we're, we're quite proud of it. Obviously, there's ups and downs every day. We're we're moving closer and closer to our goal. But really, um, a huge thank you to you, because Frankie, your support is is enormous. And everyone who has donated so far, uh, it's really encouraging. So the, give out the, um, the website for that, can you? Uh, yes, we can. Um, it's quite a lot. It is on CrowdRise. Yeah. Right. If you go to CrowdRise, Frankie, and if you look me up, Shivani Singh, or if you look up holiday presents for Syrian children or holiday presents for the children in Syrian refugee camps, mm-hmm. you should be able to come up to our campaign and, you know, you're listed as a donor. So that should help clarify as well. You can also go to our website, Pathfinder Sockent, Pathfinder, S-O-C-E-N-T dot com. And on the blog is the is the information for the campaign as well. Perfect. Okay, so hopefully some some listeners will go there right now and make a donation. I would love that for you guys. We would love <laughs> that you. so much too. Thanks so Thank much for coming you. on. I'm glad that you know we were able to get that out. And you know, again, uh, stay safe. And I can't yeah, wait to see you. the documentary when you get back. We'll keep you Absolutely. posted. Thanks, Frankie. Thank you. Thank you, Up Frankie. Next. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Marie Sutro's here now. She has an a unbelievable debut novel i just couldn't believe it uh it's called dark association and a former guest just a few weeks ago steve alton has written that it just might be this generation's silence of the lambs it's erotic and frightening and it keeps the reader guessing until the last pages and he is not wrong marie she lives in northern california she comes from three generations of police officers who served in the san francisco police department and she's also a proponent of adult literacy and she volunteers with the california library literacy services and she's helping adults improve their reading and writing skills. Now, this is an incredible book. As I said, I couldn't put it down from the first page to the last. Wow. Marie, welcome to the show. Hi, Frankie. Thank you for having me. You are an incredible writer. Did you know that? (laughs) Thank you so much. They say you have to be a good reader to be a good writer. You know, know, I completely agree. And uh, if the amount of books I've read in my lifetime is any indication, then I guess I'm in in a good place. You know, Steve Alton was on the show. And Steve Alton is is the author of Meg, the mega bit Meg, and, you know, seemed to be uh, a movie. And, uh, you know, I told him that you were coming on the show, and he brightened up. Like, he just brightened up. He goes, oh, she's amazing. Oh, I'm so glad she's on your show. So that's really, you know, kudos to you for having somebody – you know, who's so prolific at writing to say how amazing you are. Thank you. I'm, I'm very lucky to have Steve's support. He himself is an amazing writer, um, you know, and I just can't say enough good things about him. So where does, you know, a beautiful woman like yourself uh, come off writing a book that is twisted <laughs> and, <laughs> sister and, and sexy and scary uh, you know, tell us, tell us about your, your, uh, lead character, Kate, and we are going to go to a commercial break shortly. I just want to let everybody know that probably within two minutes, we'll start and we'll come back with you too. Don't worry. Okay. Well, uh, Kate is a, a pretty gutsy rookie detective with the San Francisco PD, and she is pitted up against one of the most insidious serial killers of all time. 
And she goes on a very tough journey trying to save the young ladies around her from this killer. And the clock is counting down on her. Uh, it's, it was an interesting journey, getting back to your first question, Frankie, uh, writing about things that are a little outside of my normal uh, quiet life. I've never been a serial killer. <laughs> not up to any nefarious deeds in my spare time. Uh, so it's, it's funny, my husband and I have a, a longstanding joke about the searches on my computer. And Wait, I'm going to stop you right there because I think we're going to go to commercial break. Are we going to commercial? Uh, yeah, we are. Okay, because uh, I want to hear about those searches. I want to know if you actually went to any of those sex clubs, if they actually exist. And <laughs> And and where are they? <laughs> pretty crazy stuff. She writes about some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, we want to hear about that as soon as we get back. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Marie Sutro. Getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more. We'll be right back after we pay the bills. If you're like me, sometimes you have trouble choosing between being a couch potato or going out. Hey, it's a big decision for us scabberlatchers. A scabberlatcher or a ragabash is another word for a lazy person. Well, a couple from California seems to have solved the problem by inventing a motorized sofa. You may think they're just spinning their wheels, but people have spotted the couple cruising down the street on their drivable Davenport in West Los Angeles and Santa Monica. No word yet on the couple's identity, but a man claiming to be a relative said it's all well within the norm for his fun-loving cousin. I don't know if this Chesterfield on wheels is street legal, but either way, I think the police would have to put up quite a chase before they could couch him. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. With the days getting darker and colder, you may find that your energy is waning. It's tempting to have another cup of coffee or an energy drink. But remember, the number one way to boost your energy is through exercise. There are over 70 studies proving that people who train consistently report surges in energy. Exercise gets your blood circulating throughout your body. It also transports oxygen throughout your body and it causes your brain to pour out invigorating neurotransmitters like dopamine. All three forms of exercise, cardiovascular, strength training, and stretching increase your energy. So the next time you feel your energy fleeing, don't reach for that caffeinated drink. Instead, put on your exercise shoes and treat yourself to an invigorating and energizing workout. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. And you're back, and it's Frankie Sense and more. And if you have a stocking to fill this Christmas, and you have a few minutes to sit down and put your feet up and read a great book, you are going to want to read Marie Sutro's Dark Associations, because it is a very compelling novel. It is, oh my God, it's a twister, and it's crazy. So just before we went to break, we were talking about the websites that Marie had to go to to research this book from her quiet life, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty funny, Frankie. We we do joke. Uh, my husband and I we often joke about it because uh, I always say if you know, God forbid anything happened to him, uh-huh. because if anyone oh. ever came in and looked at the searches on my website, 
they'd say, oh, she did it. She absolutely, yeah. this woman is twisted and God knows what she's been planning for years. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, try to, I even feel so bad that I often delete some of the searches because I just don't want him to find them by accident. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, well, they're never really deleted though, are they? No, they aren't. <laughs> <laughs> so you belong to a group of, of women writers who, yes, I do. who write this kind of stuff? Yes, it's called Sisters in Crime, and it was founded uh, quite a few years ago, back in the time when there weren't many female voices in the crime thriller genre. It was mainly dominated by male voices, and a group of gals came together and formed an association that would encourage other women to get into the genre and find their voices, and now, uh, thanks to their work, there are plenty of female voices out there. Now, I, I interviewed one of those ladies, and I, I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember her name, especially because I don't have a website anymore. But um, she went to the FBI Citizen Academy. Have you thought of doing that or done that? Uh, I would love to do that. I haven't had the opportunity yet, but I will tell you I have been in and out of some crime labs and some coroner's offices and some places that you don't normally think to go. Yeah. Wow. So it really, you know, it's not just sitting down and writing a book, is it? It's like you got to do some work. You got to really put some work behind it to have a great book. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a big proponent that uh, the devil's in the details, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to a thriller that has you know, a, a large mystery at its center. And, you know, g- God forbid I ever say somebody was wearing, uh, you know, a purple sweater in one scene and then, yeah. you know, down the road, I forget about the purple sweater. And that was a linchpin <laughs> from which yeah. solved the crime. So it's, there's a so lot of details. What was your process? Did you get up early and write or do it late at night? You know, I, I can write at any time, but I tend to be kind of a, a late morning to afternoon writer. And that's just because I do have three cats and uh, I, I call them my herd. The morning uh, out of the way and, and, and get ready and just dig in and then have my, my, my time dedicated in the afternoon so that I can do the research and I can really lose myself in my story. That's the best way to do it. I know there's a lot of cats who like to come and sit on a keyboard when you're trying to work. Oh, yes do that do they so oh. where did the idea come from i mean like it is really you know it really is like a silence of the lambs kind of twisted novel and 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 really just so well done so where like did you did you have it all planned out before you started yeah i a lot of people ask that you know the the, the famous question to writers are you yep. a plotter or a pantser and i tend to be a bit of a plotter you know i like to set out the path through the forest before i head into the forest mm-hmm. but once i get there i do allow it to you know become an organic process and if characters start whispering my in my ear that mm-hmm. they need to do something that i didn't plan on then i listen Oh, good. So, you, so you, you'll allow them to do that. I do. <laughs> and is Kate Barnes coming back? She is coming back. There is a second novel that I'm working on right now, and there's actually going to be a teaser in the version that comes out on January 10th, uh, just kind of giving you a taste for where it's going. Nice. Okay. And so when can we expect the full novel? Full novel is released on January 10th. Oh, the full novel is January 10th. Awesome. Oh, good. I can't wait to read it. (laughs) 
like I said, folks, go make sure that you get this book and put it on your Christmas list and put it in your stocking. Yours or somebody that you love, because if, if you have a reader in your family, they will love this book. I swear. So it's um, Marie, your, your website is mariecitro.com. Is that correct? That is correct. And Dark Associations is available on Amazon for pre-order right now. Oh, okay, great. I thought it was out. It's not out? Yeah, it's out. Uh, it's it's out, not on out on pre-order on Amazon. Oh, yeah, pre-order. Oh, okay. I, I must have been lucky to have the, an initial copy then. Wow, I feel honored. Yes, I sent you an advanced reader copy, Frankie. Wow, I love that. <laughs> I always, yeah, you know, I read so much and I love reading and I encourage people to read. Now, tell me about the, um, the volunteer experience that you do with, with adults. Why is that so important? Well, you know, for me, I have been an avid reader my entire life, and I've always appreciated the fact that you can slip into a book and step into a different world in a magical way that none of the other platforms really, you know, television and a variety of other things that are, you know, more passive forms of entertainment, they don't allow for that. And it's it's always been a huge issue. It's been a joy for me. It's also been a form of of learning and information. And when I realized that there were so many adults in our society that do not have those basic literacy skills, I felt like I had to get out and do something about it. And so I joined the California Library Literacy Services as a tutor and have volunteered my time helping uh, adult learners to get to that point where not only can they apply for better jobs, but they can, you know, read to their children at night before they go to bed, which was always a special thing between my mom and I. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even reading something as as simple as the instructions on a prescription bottle, uh, it's just, it's it's a really near and dear issue for me. Wow. I love that. Have you, um, have you been following what's been happening in, in, Alesso and, and in, uh, in Syria? I have, and I, I was listening to the work that Shivani and Jess are doing, and I have to say I'm absolutely inspired. That's a beautiful program. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I hope we all get involved. And um, Vanessa, Vanessa Mambura, she is a writer. She is in my latest book called I Bared My Chest, uh, 21 women dig for bold and and come up unstoppable and you know she um last year she didn't really inspire me because last year she cooked and fed 500 street kids <laughs> orphans in, on the streets of continue in benin and i said i remember saying you know how many are we going to do this year and she said i'm going to do a thousand and i said i am behind you so in project give back 2016 vanessa is cooking up meals for a thousand kids this year and she needs our help again to to help feed these kids to buy the food uh but she's gonna be out there in her santa hat uh cooking up in her big pot vanessa welcome (laughs) thank you frankie (laughs) she's also the founder of italian i should say I i forgot to say that um vanessa tell us what the experience was like last year for you and the children Okay, um, so last year we, um, it it wasn't meant to be a big project. It was just supposed to be a pet project because I didn't have the financial capacity to, you know, to go that large. 
But when I started, before we actually started, we went out to survey, see what was happening. And when we got out there, we found out that there were a lot of kids out there that didn't have homes, didn't have food. They, they didn't have a lot. And so I said to myself, because I, I was actually planning for 100 and 150. But when I got out there, I found out that, I mean, what I planned was not going to be enough. So I decided to go for 500. And then I reached out to a few friends, to a few people and told them, look, this was what I wanted to do. A lot of people laughed at me because they said, I mean, that was on the 25th. That was on Christmas Day. People are going to travel. People want to be with their families. And I tell them, look, I'm an orphan. I don't have family. These kids on the streets are my family. These people out there without homes, without anyone mm-hmm. to look out for them, they are my family. So if I'm going to be spending Christmas, I want to spend Christmas with them. And, you know, so most people, most people donated. They gave us food. Some gave us, you know, the money. We put it out there and we went out. And it was awesome. It was, it, it was really, really awesome. The pictures look amazing. Give, give <laughs> us the website so folks can go and look at your pictures. Okay, so it's loveachildfoundation.zatalion.com. So the Zatalion, it's um, Z-A-T, it's Stallion, but spelled with a Z. Yeah, Stallion spelled with a Z. So yes, loveachild.zatalionfoundation. Is that yeah. correct? Love a child, love a child Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So you people, you can go there and look at the pictures of, of Vanessa feeding the kids and, and the kids so excited to get, you know, food and they, and they got drinks and so happy to be eating a, a meal on Christmas day. That's awesome. So now it's bigger and better. Yes. You've got another 500 that you're going to try to feed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. do you know what, how much money you need to raise? Well, so far, um, we need a total. We, we, okay, per child, it costs us about $2.05 to feed a child, okay. um, including um, transportation, the food packs, and all of that. So um, we need about 4000 we need about $4,000 to do all of this. We've raised um, a particular amount, but we're still looking for um, about $3,160 to complete that. Okay. And so um, what will the children get on Christmas Day? What will they well, receive? They would, they would get a food pack, which has rice and mm-hmm. chicken <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, to go with drinks. And we're looking to put together a little gift to go out for them. So we're looking at um, flips um, and we're looking at, you know, just little, little gifts, little things that we can put together and give what are them. What are slips? Are slips sandals? Yes, sandals. We want to okay. give, give them sandals. Mm-hmm. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us, tell us what it's like in, in Contenu. What is it, what is it like on the street? It's, well, um, uh, it's not a good experience because right now, this season, it's really hot, like very hot. I know it's cold out there. It's snow- actually snowing over there, but right. here it's hot. It's very hot. And imagine these kids out there on the street, you know, no place to stay, roaming around. There's some at the market, you know, trying to make a living, selling things, helping people carry bags just so they can give them a little money to feed. So it's, it's horrible. It's really mm-hmm. horrible. And have you, um, you've met some of these kids and, and worked with them, but have you seen some for many, many years on the streets? Like the well, same we- child? 
we we actually started we actually started with them last year and we have another project that works with them because we have a shelter home where we actually um have these kids that don't have places to stay they come in there you know and then you know we just take care of them but the thing is we're we're, we're still trying to grow we're still trying to get people to you know to help you know support the support the work because like um something Jessica said you don't have to wait and I think it was Shivani that said that Vanessa, I'm going to stop wait. you hold the thought hold the thought we're going to commercial hold the thought we're coming right back though <laughs> Stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Frankie Sensen Moore. Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sensen Moore will be right back after we pay the bills. It's words you never heard. Do women need larger parking spaces? The owners of the Togla Rest Stop in southeastern China think so. They have created a number of parking spaces that are 50% larger, designated for female drivers, with the international symbol for women and outlined in pink. When asked by a Chinese newspaper why they felt the need to enlarge the parking spaces for women drivers, a lot manager explained that they observed female drivers having a difficult time parking, which slowed down the order of traffic. I admit I'm a bit of a baby bummel or bungler when it comes to parking, but is this really necessary? Actually, I was complimented on my parking the other day. Someone left a note that said, parking, fine. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Even though you may not know that you're eating them, trans fats will soon be gone from the American diet. Fox News says that trans fats are created when hydrogen is added to vegetable oil to make it more solid, like shortening and margarine, which is why they are also called partially hydrogenated oils. It increases the shelf life of food and enhances flavor. Foods commonly containing trans fats are microwave popcorn, pie crusts, frozen pizza, biscuits, frosting, coffee creamers, and margarine. A diet that is rich in trans fats has been linked to memory loss, higher body weight, heart disease, and a greater rise in LDL or bad cholesterol in the blood, which leads to cardiovascular disease. And cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of death in the U.S. Trans fats are not good for human consumption, and the FDA has ruled that they need to be phased out in the next few years because they are a threat to public health. Since the morning, all my gang is here. We have Jessica and Shivani and Vanessa and Marie. And coming up soon is our TGN movie correspondent, Brent Marchand. And, of course, I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. Vanessa, before we went to break, you were about to tell us something. Okay, um, there are two things um, Jessica and Shivani said that really struck me. And um, Jessica said that, you know, no child actually um, planned to be in the condition that they are. You know, the kids in the street, the orphans, which is very true. We didn't plan to be that. But, I mean, life 
brought us there but you know so it's our responsibility to this kid i mean to to humanity to, to look out for them and shivani also said something she said we don't have to wait for big organizations international organizations mm -hmm. to do things most of them are doing things but to be very frank it's not enough they're not able to reach everywhere so what do we do do we sit down and wait for these people no i mean that's the reason why i'm myself you know shivani jessica and all the other people out there that are actually doing something you know and you frankie i also want to say thank you because i put up my donation page the crowdfunding page and i mean i woke up i went there and i saw that frankie already put in something so i just want to say thank you frankie you're welcome <laughs> thank my kids my kids said they didn't want presents this year so I'm like, oh, yeah. okay oh, yeah. thank you so that's the, that's the thing behind it we i mean it's it's my life it's my passion I, I went through it I know what it feels like to have nothing to to have uh, nothing to nothing to eat on Christmas Day no new gift nothing special yeah. and so That's I just really want to I want to give these kids that feeling so they know that look even though I'm I don't have parents even though I don't have a home even though it's difficult for me I mean Christmas is a special day so they should feel special on Christmas Day yeah, I think everybody should. Let, let's talk about everybody. Let's talk. Let's talk about this for a moment. You know, are we our brother's keeper? Do we, you know, are we responsible for those in the world that don't belong to our immediate family? What do you guys think? I mean, I know what you guys think, but let's let's talk about it. You know, why should people, why should they care? I know that there, you know, it's called compassion fatigue and it's everywhere because everybody is asking us especially at this time of year for money you go to the grocery store the salvation army on the corner everybody wants something but how do we overcome the fatigue and and how do we choose you know who to give to and who not to give to and should we even give to people anybody <laughs> this is marie frankie i'll i'll, I'll jump in sure uh, I would just love to say that, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head and, and I don't want to speak for all the ladies, but, but speaking for myself, you know, that quote when you said, but for the grace of God, there go I, mm -hmm. that's exactly how I live every day. You know, I, I, I look at it and say, it, you know, my life, all of our lives are, you know, really, you go back to the ancient Greeks and you think of the, you know, the fates with their scissors and the thread, you know, yes. we don't know it can turn on a dime at any point in time. Uh, I think the hardest thing, quite honestly, is trying to decide when you do have a finite amount of funds, you know, where to channel those funds and what's the, the best use. And I think in, in that case, um, maybe for people, it just has to come back to, you know, their passions and, and where their instincts are. But I, I definitely agree with that quote. And it's just something that, that I, I just can't imagine a world where we don't wake up and say, you know, we're all in this together, every one of us. Yeah. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I prefer to give to a Vanessa and a, and a Jessica and Shivani because I know that the money is going to go to what they say the money is going to go to. Big organizations are going to pay for salaries and they're going to pay for, you know, ads on TV and they're going to pay for all kinds of stuff before my money hits you know, the few people it's going to reach. And I, I, one of my very first shows back when I had conversation with my shoes, there was a grandma from England and she has, she still has her charity. Um, and we were speaking and she said, you know, I'm just a grandma. I've got five grandchildren and she was working in Uganda and she would go there and, um, and actually she was in Darfur at the, you know, with the refugee camps and she went there with a truck and she fed a thousand people thousand wow. and the red cross wow. came up behind her and they fed three people and she said how is it that you're feeding three people and i can feed a thousand i'm like nobody 
you know? Mm-hmm. And they and they said, well, you know, this is all we can afford to feed. Like, why even bother coming? Mm-hmm. Really? Why even bother? Wow. And and so from then, and from then, like, the, you, I'm, the Red Cross does do some amazing stuff. But after what they did in Haiti and all the money that was raised in Haiti and all the people that, you know, wanted to give to the poor people in Haiti who are still waiting for homes um, and said, well, you know, we, we keep that money and we decide what we're going to do with it. No, no, no. When people donate money to a certain cause, that money has to go to that cause. I'm not mm-hmm. donating to Vanessa to feed street kids in Benin. And I find out later that, you know, she's shopping in Atlanta, Georgia with it or something like you want the money to go to where the passion is, like you said, Marie, you have a passion for a certain mm-hmm. thing. And if that's what hits your heartstrings, that's where you want your money to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and Frankie, just to add to that, Marie is totally right. It's a lot of it is passion. We're so solicited and we're so, um, yeah, asked, to, especially during the holidays for, you know, mm-hmm. to donate to this cause and this cause. I think what it comes down to is, yeah, your passion, because you can't obviously contribute to everything, even though you might be interested in or feel like you're interested in, in all these good causes. Um, but at the end of the day, it's also, yeah, doing a little bit of research sometimes helps. It goes a long way. I think any, you know, small organizations are great. Big ones too can they, they do have a lot of reach, obviously. Um, but, you know, we like to at Pathfinder, we like to be really transparent. And that's why we like to document everything we do and really show. I think that's the nice thing about working with local social entrepreneurs is you can really see where the money's going, like you said, Frankie. And I think people like that. I think they, they want to have trust and they want to know where their money's going. So, yeah. Yeah. And don't forget about the animals this Christmas either. There's lots of puppies and, and dogs who need homes and especially senior dogs in, in you know, shelters that need your home and uh, they make wonderful pets. So please don't forget about those either if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> and get them in too. They can't speak for themselves, so we have to speak for them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is wonderful. I'm so excited that this is going to be a great Christmas. Now tell me about the documentary. You're taking a filmmaker to to Lebanon with you. Oh yes, yeah. Um, so we're the the plan is obviously, like I said, to document everything. That's been our, you know, from day one with Pathfinder. With every project, we want to document everything. And with this, because it's we'll really be on site with the kids. Um, the, obviously, there's certain uh, things that we need to respect, but at the same time, we want to document it for us because largely what we're doing beyond just this one mission, um, this cause, the refugee cause, is going to become something um, because now it's sort of in the spot. Spotlight and it's become, you know, quote unquote, a trend in terms mm-hmm. of policy and everything. Um, but we, we don't want to forget it because it's been, uh, if you want, we think sort of our generation's issue. Um, and so we want to document it because, we, we, you know, part of what we're doing is also doing a proposal, actually, um, a, a refugee proposal and just seeing what works, which which um, country strategies, which legislation works, which one doesn't, which policies are working. And so part of that is actually really being on the ground. That's sort of the last piece of the puzzle. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we're bringing over um, this is going to be obviously dependent on how many funds we do raise, because like Shivani was saying, the majority of the funds that we want or all of the funds that we want we want it to be directly to the kids we'd love a don't if we can get a donation from a, a flight from the big airline that would be great mm-hmm. that's really what we're working on now um so if we can get a second one for um our videographer then that would be the that would be that would be key if we can't then shivani will will do it with um we'll, we'll go ahead and, and and document it on her own uh and then we'll be sharing it we we haven't figured out the, the exact details of how we're going to share that um like i said there's certain things that we need to 
to respect ethics and 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 that but um when you have children involved but basically we want to document everything so that we can later learn from it and also show people that have donated you know show them what's going on on the ground as well you know what i think makes it more um I, I just lost the word. I'm sorry. But when, when when I think about those families and those children, I I always put myself in that place thinking, what if that was my family and my children? What would I want people in the world to do to help me? And, you know, at any given time, there's seven genocides going on around the world. But mm-hmm. you look at these are educated people. These are people middle class, had beautiful homes, had beautiful city, had beautiful everything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and now they're living in a refugee camp in the middle of winter. You know, yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it, and Frank, you've, you've, you know, Shivani and I have these regular sort of talks every, these checkpoints every now and again. And even today we were saying, you know, five years ago, um, the, these people weren't refugees. This was, this was you and me. And, and it's as if it, we were put in this situation. Obviously, um, it's, it's circumstantial and it's, and this is the thing. I think when you can, um, put a face to it or when you can identify with it, then it, that's one thing also about giving and about, um, about all these sort of charities and stuff. I think when you can really identify with it and you can feel this kind of, um, a personal connection, I think that's when you, you really want to want to give back. And so these people, these Syrian refugees really were like you and me just, you know, um, five years ago. And so we really need to keep that in, in, Perspective, yeah, exactly in perspective, and so that's uh, now more than ever. But as you said, there's there's tons of other (laughs) genocides, and unfortunately, there's there's tons of other major issues that are going on around the world um, as we speak. So this isn't the only one, but this is this is really pressing, I think, because there doesn't seem to be any immediate solution um, or even long term solution in sight. So Marie, I mean, think about this as a book. Like you know, San Francisco gets hit. Right. And all of a sudden, all you and your friends, you know, you're going to the gym one day and the next day you're living in a in a refugee camp in a tent. Wow. Like, I mean, it's crazy to think about, isn't it? It is. It is overwhelming to think about. And it's a reality for so many people. That's yeah. the, the tragedy of it. But it will be a good book. One day. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to laugh at it, but I, you know, you have, you have to keep a sense of humor in the dark times. And I, you know, I really try to keep the show positive and, and stay positive. And I just love that everybody's doing something positive instead of complaining. Cause when people complain to me about this kind of stuff, I'm like, well, what have you done? Mm-hmm. And I truly mm-hmm. do believe that one person can make mm-hmm. a difference in the world. And I love that, you know, that you guys are all being the change, you know, from, from teaching adults to, to feeding orphans, you know, to visiting this camp and showing people what it's really all about. Yeah. Uh, and Frankie, that's exactly it. I think that's Shimani and I, it talk is, talk is good and we need to talk and we need to have yeah. discussions, but action is, is huge. Um, and you know, the, the saying action, you know, actions speak louder than words and it's true. And then that's why we said, you know, we have to, let's go. Why can't we go? You know, there's nothing mm-hmm. holding us back. And so that's why we're, we're doing this as well to see things firsthand. Well, I really hope that, you know, listeners, I hope that you um, visit Vanessa's website and I hope that you visit, you know, Shivani and Jess's website and definitely buy Marie's book because, you know, Shivani on the plane, you're going to want to read something good. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do about that ticket. Anyway, we're going to a break. When we come back, you are going to meet Brent Marshall. He is our TGRN, the Good Radio Network's movie correspondent, and he always has great movies to suggest for us. So here we go. In a minute.
Heck no. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. It's words you've never heard. Did you know you can burn as many calories in 45 minutes of yard work as in 30 minutes of aerobics? Yard work is a total body workout consisting of pushing, pulling, lifting, and carrying. Using a push mower alone can burn 300 to 500 calories in an hour. Raking and bagging with a pooking fork, that's a fork often used in gardening, burns about 330 calories per hour. Cleaning and digging with the dibble, that little hand spade, can burn approximately 400 calories an hour. Stay fit by horb-gorbling, that's just puttering around the yard. To me, a perfect summer day is when the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the lawnmower is broken. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Yeah. Welcome back to Frankie Stinson Moore. It's the pre-Christmas Christmas show 2016. It's our last show of the year and we've got some great friends on. We have Jessica and Vanessa and Shivani and Marie's here. And now our movie correspondent, the good radio movie correspondent, Brett Marshall is with us and he always has some great ideas for us, uh, what we can go and see and do at the, at the movie theater. So tell us, Brent, what's coming up? Hi, hi, hi Frankie. Thanks for having me back and happy holidays, everybody. Well, the, um, we're right now we're in the midst of uh, the holiday movie award season coming up, and mm-hmm. um, the uh, the latest release in that bunch is a movie that's being touted very highly for best picture and best actor, titled Manchester by the Sea. Oh. The film the film tells the story of a, 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 a single guy played by Casey Affleck, who um, unexpectedly loses his brother. So when he goes to the town where they grew up to attend the funeral, he gets a bit of a surprise when he finds out that his brother has designated him to be the guardian of his 16-year-old nephew. It's a responsibility that he's not sure that he wants to take on, partly because it would mean relocating back to a town that he grew up in that has a lot of ghosts in it, but Uh also because he's not sure if he's up to the challenge of being uh, basically a surrogate parent. it's a wonderful movie from the standpoint of looking at themes like redemption, forgiveness, choice, uh, understanding personal limitations, and so forth. Uh, beautifully photographed, uh, well-written, uh, well-acted. Um, really a, quite a profound movie in many ways. It also feels, features um, an, an absolute stellar performance by um, Michelle Williams in a, in a supporting role. Playing, oh, she's um, always so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she I love really Casey Affleck too. The... What was yeah, that movie really... last year he was in? The the other one on the sea. What was the name uh, of that? Do you remember? 
he did a good job on that too. He was the cap, or he he worked in the engine room or something. I, oh, Perfect, was, um, the finest hours, what? I believe it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was good um, movie too. He's being he's being touted very strongly for for the best actor award this year. Uh, and the movie is being touted very highly as the, as the best picture winner. Um, wow. Personally, it's it's very good. I don't quite know if it's quite up to that level. It's got certainly mm-hmm. got some very strong competition from movies like Arrival and Loving yeah. and uh, Moonlight. Yeah. But um, it's it's won a lot of awards so far. It's getting a lot of re- uh, recognition in uh, award nominations and other competitions. So it's it's very high on the radar right now. Wow, and it's joining, a, it's joining a very crowded field of movies that are getting ready to be released over the next couple of weeks. Um, some of these films have already opened in a few markets like New York and L.A., but most of them are getting ready to start rolling out this weekend. Uh, they include movies like uh, Jackie, which is mm-hmm. the biography of Jackie Onassis, starring um, uh, Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, La La Land, which is an old-fashioned movie musical and love story starring Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of new sci-fi offerings coming out. One is uh, Rogue One, uh, the latest edition in the Star Wars series, as well as uh, Passengers featuring Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> yeah, it looks really interesting. Really, it looks really, really interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and and lo- like you mentioned, you know, the two. I know that we talked a little bit about them in the last show, but definitely loving and and um, uh, mo- what was it, Moonlight? Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are two movies that uh, folks need to see for sure. Yeah, mo- yeah, Moonlight really has picked up. Moonlight has been a, has been really kind of a sleeper hit so far. Yeah, it's picked up yeah. a lot of recognition, and I think it's it's got a chance to really give Manchester by the Sea a pretty good run for its money for Best Picture. So. Um, but the, uh, there's those pictures, then there's also uh, uh, Martin Scorsese's latest movie called Silence coming out, featuring Liam Neeson and Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story of uh, self-discovery titled Collateral Beauty, featuring yes, Will I'm Smith, looking forward to that. Yeah, Will Smith, Will Smith. Helen Mirren, Kate mm-hmm. Winslet, and Keira Knightley. Really, quite a cast. That sounds great. Um, and another movie that's been very kind of quietly hiding under the radar but is starting to pick up a lot of steam is a movie called Hidden Figures, which tells the, the role, little-known story of uh, African-American women and the role they played in the development of the American space program during the 1960s. Oh, I was so looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah, with Octavia Spencer. So yeah, there's I a, love her. There's a lot. <laughs> there's an awful yeah. lot coming out the next couple of weeks. So. Um, if you like movies, there's going to be plenty to go see, and you can have a lot of choices. And if any of these movies even comes close to living up to some of the other ones that have come out during award season, uh, viewers are really going to have a lot of good things to choose from. It's really kind of refreshing because 2016, otherwise, as a movie year, has been sort of so-so. But yeah. they, uh, this year, they really have saved the best for last, which is good. That's really good to see. <laughs> so, ladies, have any of you seen any of these movies? Or what was the best movie you saw this year? Anybody go to the movies? Uh, I'm afraid I haven't really. Um, this is Jessica speaking. I haven't really, but what's the one, Passengers? I did see um, 
I, you know, with a young child that going to the movies yes. means either I go by myself or I go with, uh, uh, bringing baby is not an option, but, um, uh, passengers intrigues me. I think I'd like to see that one. That looks really interesting. Yeah. To me too. I'm looking forward to that one. But there's so many good movies. And you know which one I really loved? Hacksaw Ridge. I thought that that was a great movie. I loved it. It's, it's a very inspiring oh. tale, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I uh, just thought that uh, was brilliant. Uh, another one that's, that's quite good and it's been really kind of flying under the radar is a movie called Christine, which is um, based on the life story of a, a TV reporter in Florida back in the 1970s named Christine Chubbuck. Uh, remarkably played by uh, Rebecca Hall. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it because I, I don't want to spoil it for people, but it's, yeah. a, it's a very gripping it's story. It's out right now? It's, the, the film is out now, yes. Oh, great. I haven't uh, heard of it, but it sounds good. It's, yeah, it's, it's like kind of, it's, been, it's been flying under the radar, but um, uh, Re- Rebecca Hall is an actress who's really done a lot of journeyman work over the years and has not received a whole lot of recognition, but this is really kind of a breakthrough performance for her. I hope she, you know, gets the recognition for it that she deserves. There was a great movie. I, I wish I could remember the name of it right now, but I know that you'll remember it. Um, Susan Sarandon was the mom and Rose Byrne was the daughter. And mom came to, I think she came to Los Angeles to be with her daughter. She was from the, uh, New Jersey or some place like that. Do you remember that movie? Not this came out this year, this past year. That was a really great movie. Who was the mother <laughs> again? Sees... Who, who I've seen so many movies that I can't even remember what they are anymore. <laughs> I have to see the, the title in front of me. But I love movies, and my husband and I probably go see one or two a week. And <laughs> So there's my life. But, uh, yeah, I think they're great. I think they're great. Uh, so nobody else has a favorite movie? Eh, no. Okay. Well, Frankie, this is Marie. I uh, In our house, it's all about Rogue One coming out. My husband is a huge Star Wars fan. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, is, yeah. So he even, the day that the, the movie release date was announced, he went in and took the day off of work. So it's going to be an <laughs> Are you kidding stop. me? <laughs> <laughs> that is a fan. That yes. is a fan. Okay. He's actually going to miss his uh, office Christmas party in lieu of Star Wars. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is really funny. Okay. Well, I'm well, looking I'm, forward to Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing that, too, because, to be honest, I was a little disappointed by the most recent Star Wars movie. I, I felt it was kind of a retread of the earlier episodes. Yeah. Um, but when I saw the trailer for Rogue One, I said, this looks like it's prevent, presenting some... Uh, some new and fresh material that is part of the mythology that we haven't seen before, at least not to the same extent as, uh, you know, some of the other movies in the series. Right. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. And and there's some on Netflix too, that we get to revisit now um, that they've come back, that they've come out. Like one that we talked about was lobster and I still haven't seen it, but I'm looking forward to watching it. That's a really interesting movie. (laughs) (laughs) Bizarre, but great. Right. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's one that is definitely not your typical fare, but I think if you uh, if you give it a chance, you'll find a way that coming away from it that it's really pretty interesting, intriguing, thoughtful material. Have you guys heard of it before? Anybody heard of Lobster? No, I haven't. Uh, no. Tell them what it's about, uh, Brent. Uh, it's a it's a British film. 
in which uh, it's basically people are required to be coupled as partners. And if they oh. don't... Um, it's like dystopian, up, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if they end up not getting coupled within a certain period of time, they end up getting transformed into the animal of their choice. <laughs> <laughs> so Colin Farrell is, is the lead. Yes. With um, who, Who's the uh, one? Rachel, uh, Rachel Weiss. Yeah. Rachel Weiss. And so he chooses to be a lobster if, if he doesn't fa- find love. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, premise, but sounds kind of cool, right? It's very yeah. quirky. It's very funny. Um, the, there's parts of it that are a little bit uneven, but overall, I mean, it's really, you know, you don't see movies, too many movies made along this order that are this unusual and this thoughtful, so... That's great. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to make sure that we uh, that we get to say, again, the websites of everybody um, who's been on the show today. Vanessa, if you want to help feed the orphans in Contenu, uh 1,000 chicken and rice dinners for them with a pair of sandals, <laughs> hopefully. It's loveachildfoundation.zitalian.com. And Zitalian is stallion without the S. Italian. And if, if you want to go along to the refugee camps with Shivani, um, you can do so. And I'm just looking for that here. Did you put it in the window? I think um, Crowdwise. Yeah, so the site is you go to crowdrise.com and you can either just do a search for Shivani Singh or you can look at holiday presents for Syrian children in refugee camps. Uh, and then you'll come up with that um, with with that link, um, and we can obviously give it to you as well. Uh, and then it's all on our Pathfinder site, which is Pathfinder Socent or Socent S O C E N T dot com. And you guys have made some money, I think, while we've been on. Looks like, and also. Yeah. Um, if you want to go to mariesutro.com, your book is, is I think it's in all, it will be all the regular places, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, online. And are you in, you, you, will you be in bookstores? Yes, I will. Woo, good for you. It's not easy getting in bookstores, you know? No, it's not. The industry keeps changing daily, it seems like. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's wonderful. Um, I just want to thank my listeners. Brent, I want to thank you for writing every week about the movies and coming on once a month and talking about, you know, these wonderful films that, that keep people employed and keep us all feeling wonderful, even when we're sad. And so thank you for that. I want to thank oh, all of pleasure. you listeners, you know, this past year, 2015, 2016, since I've been with TogiNet and Karina, thank you for being my producer. You do a great job. Um, just thank you all for continuing with with me and and with all of us each and every you know week twice a week on Frankie Sense and Mission Unstoppable. I really appreciate it, and I want to thank each of my guests who are here today for coming on the show today and making it a memorable last show of the season. So thank you all for that. Thank you and happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.